Hello, you've reached the Running From Diabetes hotline. To enter a race, plus one. To enter your blood sugars, press two. To gripe about being a diabetic, press three. To listen to the podcast, press four. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes Podcast. This is Kevin Kilograms, and this is my audio journal of my life dealing with diabetes as I train for endurance sports. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes Podcast. It's Kevin Kilograms, and you've caught Honey and I on the back end of a extremely, well, <laughs> I guess that's all in a matter of opinion. Pretty long walk. We're at, uh, what is it, 5.3 miles of a seven mile walk. Um, I uh, jumped up the mileage in the walk substantially to uh, give myself a kickstart into this back into running and walking, I used a a technique that I sort of, I don't know, I didn't develop it, I'm sure, but I've never heard anybody talk about it, so I just kind of created it for myself, and I'm sure other people have done it. Um, A lot of runs are point-to-point runs, and a lot of runs are, are, I guess they're either point-to-point or they're out and backs. And one of my favorite benefits of an out-and-back run is that it, uh, you feel good enough going out to hit the next farther marker. So if you're trying to hit 10 miles, let's say your longest run is 8 or 9, those last 2 miles are actually really difficult because your body is grown to them, but it's not fully adapted. The funny thing is, is once you do that mileage, from then on, as you increase farther and farther, the nine, you know, like the nine mile mark or the ten mile mark becomes insignificant. Uh, very easy to do. It's one of the, you know, it's the method of growing this mileage. This is how people get to 26.2 or to a, a 50k or a pretty good. A hundred miler or a fifty miler. You just keep growing the miles. Um, at some point training changes with the hundred miler. You know, you don't do your training runs at eighty miles. But that's another show. So I knew that over time I've been doing three, four and one or two five milers. But it's been quite a while since the five miles that I could easily get to the halfway point of three and a half miles and then turn around and come home. I also knew that it wasn't like I was pushing for, you know, to walk 20 miles, which would have, might have done some damage. Definitely knocked, knocked me back to square one. 
That can be dangerous, going too far too fast or too soon. Um, so I was able to use a little bit of my experience to create this, this idea. What I did was I prepped myself for a, lo- a longer time out, two hours. And I determined I might go as far as the beach, which is four and a half miles, and make it a nine miler. And then, so I didn't just blow off, I set my mind to this doable pace and go out too fast. And then at three and a half miles, I got smart again and realized that, boy, you know, that's, that extra two miles is probably not the most intelligent thing I can do. So let's leave it at seven. I can bring it in with a two mile increase from my top. Especially since I'm walking and not running. Puts me out there. I have been having the reason for the arduous run is getting back to this. How you guys doing? It's to get to this. Um, been having a, a lot of issues still with these high blood sugars. And I fully believe that in this case it's not diet. It's the lack of uh, exercise. I, you know, you already guys already know that I, you know, being a carpenter, I have an extremely physical job. Uh, the, uh, so I get a, a good aerobic workout every day that I work. Well, something happened and we've been unable to locate any work for the last couple weeks. And it sent, I can't speak for my brother, but I'm pretty sure he's been really removed. And, and my wife is talking to his wife and my mother is talking to his wife. I think he's pulled himself into a depression. I am, I myself, am, am, am there also. Uh, same reasons, maybe different reasons. So I haven't been pushing myself as hard as I had planned to. One of the problems with diabetes, and I've said this in the past, is if you're not exercising, and I mean hard, exercising religiously, daily, it gets progressively harder and harder and harder to deal with. Well, Easter came and left. left. We always do the, we host the big event with the extended family coming out. And I got up early and set it all up and midway through the festivities yeah, I missed I was you know, so bad that I went and took a nap and then came back to the party feeling better but thank God you know it's not like we were doing doing anything physical I, and I was watching what I ate I was very careful 
at the meat though. I did bypass a little bit on the on my plant-based diet. Uh, my my uncle always shows up with a freshly smoked salmon and the bagels and cream cheese and onions and tomatoes and capers and but the salmon is top tier, you know. It's it's melting your mouth. It's phenomenal. And I look forward to it. Something that's his tradition. Something to look forward to every Easter. So I had two bagels. No, I had one bagel, two halves. Well, yesterday my blood sugars climbed to a point where my wife came home for lunch and I was pretty incoherent and she started making phone calls and making arrangements to get me to the emergency room. I would have gone had she had taken me, but we had enough time between making arrangements. My wife is a, manages a branch and they're down to a skeletal crew due to a, the previous manager being a, a bad manager and losing her whole staff. And so when she came in, she couldn't blame anybody for, for taking off, but she's having a hard time putting new people back together. And the bank hasn't given her the whole power to do it. Okay, so it's not, she had to, would have had to risk her job. And I completely understand, especially since I have a whole house full of drivers. She just needed to make arrangements. But then I was able to make some corrections and get it down enough. But I basically sat in bed all day. You know, small cold, allergies, nothing that should put me in bed. Well, today started off exactly as yesterday. And I got mad at it. And so I shut the TV off, shut the everything off. Did a pre-run ritual workout that I used to have. A little bit of food, putting everything together. And honey picked on up, picked up on it instantly. How you doing? Knew she was going out and going long. I'm wearing the fanny pack, and the only thing I'm not wearing is the camelback, which I have this large 50-ounce bladder waist camelback that I use for real long runs, anything above two hours. I walked out the door with a sugar heading up as a 275 and heading higher, already feeling like crap, and... Usually I disconnect from my pump or I turn my pump down because the muscles working out are going to, um, yeah, still got a good heart rate, good. Uh, the muscles are going to uh, start eating up the sugars. But I left it because I knew what sugars would sustain for a while. And not, not only sustain, but I started getting sicker and sicker as it went because blood sugar started going higher and higher. 
started to concern myself. What are we at now? Not till the halfway point did I see them reverse and start dropping. Now they're dropping pretty, pretty respectable. Matter of fact, I'm gonna have to keep an eye on it because the arrows are showing a pretty decent rate of drop. Right now, according to this thing, and this thing isn't the most accurate, it's the most accurate is uh, pricking your finger. But this thing is uh, 10 to 15 minutes behind, plus it can be, might not be, you know, sometimes it gets a bad signal or a little scar tissue around where the sensor is plugged into my body might cause it to not see it correctly. But showing 235 and dropping, which isn't too bad considering I went from 275 to 360, which is above the threshold that I should be working out at, and drop back down. Luckily, it wasn't a, a high cardiovascular exercise like running or cycling. I did push. I was able to slow the pace down enough just to keep myself going. And then as I started feeling better, push the pace up again. Mile six. So, utilizing this uh, out and back method, I was, I've been able to grow my mileage in marathon training. And when things start to feel really bad, you're still at home yet. So you have to consider keep going. You can back off. I mean, uh, being diabetic, I have to have an emergency relief valve. And so I carry my cell phone to make a phone call where my wife or one of my kids or my mother can pick me up or brother, for that matter, can pick me up. But the easiest thing for me to do is just slow the pace all the way down to a walk if I need to. I usually just realize that I'm only a, a mile out or half a mile out, especially after doing like a 10 miler or something. You realize the insignificance of a mile in comparison to the mile when you start. You know, oh my gosh, I've already run nine. What is one more? Let's just put the one more mile in. And you psychologically push the mile, which leads me to something else. A lot of what running distance is, is a mental game. There's a lot of muscle training, but you've got to turn your mind into a positive instrument. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Which is the other reason I went as hard as I could for out. Uh, I needed to put my mind and body back into a positive, uh, that's interesting, most interesting, the poop was loaded with just a row of snail shells. I think that's what the dog or animal had. For, <laughs> I hadn't seen that one before. So, um, yeah, the, the old uh, a body emotions tends to stay in motion. A body at rest tends to stay at rest, theory, 
was very, very accurate when it comes to exercise. My brother, who has never really been sedentary, but he's not been the most active person in the whole world, started off with a training program, and after a year, he is unstoppable now. He's lost a boatload of weight. He's getting up at ridiculously early hours. He's pushing himself harder, harder and farther with new exercises. Um, a lot of positive energy. I haven't talked to him since a couple weeks, so maybe I'll drag him out to lunch and see if he's going forward. So, but he's, you know, that whole rolling stone down a hill, you know. He's that body in motion. I need to be that body in motion. I need to create the positive, the positive force forward. It'll be easier to maintain. And I figured a jump start might help. So that's where I'm out. The other thing was, is I bumped into a a uh, something I hadn't heard in a lot of years. Um, before I was a, after I was a soldier and a police officer and before I was a, a carpenter, I worked in the corporate world as a sales rep, business, business sales rep. Um, I sold a couple of things, mostly high-end, uh, stay honey, mostly high-end, uh, advertising. I was, uh, did a few other things like... Climbing over a fence here, so you're gonna catch some wind as I raise myself up, turn around. Oh, honey, over here. Come on. And let's. This is her favorite part because this is why I let her go. No bikes up here. When I got into as a sales rep, there's a lot of negative feedback constantly coming at you. A lot of no's. And you have to pick yourself up by the bootstraps each time and keep going on as people continually say no. And some of them pretty rudely. Um, so you have to become a self-motivator. And I used a lot of outside influence. And one was a book I read by a gentleman named Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was a uh, psychotherapist who survived the uh, Holocaust, the concentration camp survivor, and brought a lot of his theories based on his ability of what he saw and what he felt and what he experienced as a survivor of the Holocaust. And he says... One of his sayings are, live your life like it's the second time around and you did something wrong the first time. And so, it reminded me that maybe I was heading down the path of a previous life. I should... 
kick my butt and get moving. <laughs> so, we are in the last three quarters of a mile here, maybe two thirds of a seven mile. I'm walking at a 16 minute pace right now. <laughs> still I've released her and now she's doing her run thing. This kind of reminds me of my, my first time. I like that feeling. Ooh, wow, pretty bird. Neat looking. Um, the first time of running a race. I mean, I guess first times for a lot of things are, are good experiences. Your first kiss and your first time driving. And my first road race was a half marathon. Was the, it's now the Surf City half but in Huntington Beach, but it used to be called the Pacific Shoreline. And I, honey, don't go down there, come on. Good girl. I had uh, just started walking like this, pushing the envelope of distance. Honey, come here. What you got on your head? What on earth did you run into? Some tree just shed on you. Um, the uh, first time marathon, half marathon. Um, I had switched from walking to running with a book, Marathon You Can Do It, was given to me by my brother-in-law. And we had gone down to see my wife's sister, her middle sister, my wife's the youngest of three, run her first marathon. She had flown out from Arkansas, where she's living, and run the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon. I think that was 2004. And I watched that finish line. I watched every walk of life cross that finish line. I watched man, woman, young, old, skinny, short. I mean, not skinny, short. Tall or short, skinny or fat. Uh, biometrically neutral, these beautiful type runners and these people who could look like they were twisted and contorted couldn't believe the differences and everybody was crossing this finish line. Back then, the, this didn't have a half. It was a full 26.2. I didn't even know that it was 26.2 miles until I'd done a little research. And I was amazed. I was aghast. And I was mad at myself that I hadn't done it. So, I started training by myself to do this and of course I did it wrong ended up at around mile a mile 17 long run I'd either gone out too fast then too many piles too soon not sure what the injury was but I literally I had plantar fasciitis and shin splints and an IT band all at once couldn't figure out Nowadays, I couldn't figure out how I did it, but back then, I just went to the doctor, and he, no running. He says, you know, your next step is 
a cast in a wheelchair. So it took me off running for long enough to recover, but not long enough to lose the taste. But I did miss that 2005 rock and roll marathon. And in 2006, my first race was, you know, it was a tune-up race for the rock and roll full. And I did the half, Pacific Shoreline half. And the, the excitement of the beginning of the race, the camaraderie during the whole race. I mean, I couldn't tell you that the tens of thousands of people on that race, every one of them was my best friend during that race. We all had a common interest. It wasn't nobody was trying to beat me or I beat them. We were all just running. You utilize each other's energy. The crowd support was, <laughs> was so cool. People with signs, most of them for a specific runner, but a lot of them were pretty neutral. You know, just clapping and clanging bells and making noises and offering whatever they could. You know, I saw kids offering bowls of sliced oranges, you know, just because, you know, it's a race. I don't know. I've done it, you know, my family's done it several times now. And I couldn't tell you why we do it. It just feels good. The race getting difficult because of the mileage. I don't think I ever got to a point where I didn't think I wouldn't finish. It wasn't like that. Half marathons are long distances and can test you. But they're usually the first ones are run too slow at too slow of a pace to cause the things that marathons do. The bonking, the cramping, the serious uh, body retardation, let's call it. You know, taking the body down a notch. But they do test your, your mental capacities to continue. And uh, wow, it was a, crossing that finish line was one of the big highlights in my, in my life. It's funny. You know, I've, you know your, your marriage and your, your kids being born and my first jump out of an airplane. I had a lot of wins in my column here. And uh, that, that ranked right up there with the height, which is the reason that I continued to go higher and farther, was I kept getting firsts in the same experience. Uh, my first marathon, and my, you know, my second marathon was pretty awesome, but it didn't, the feelings weren't the same. Were, it was actually an easier race, and in a lot of respects it was a lot more fun because I knew what the hell I was doing and what to expect. And so I didn't suffer as much, but I sure as heck didn't get that, that first timer. That's why I jumped into the, the ultra marathon going 50K, you know, 30, 31 miles. Or running my age in miles, the time that was 43 miles. Or doing the 50 miler. I think I realized that, like Viktor Frankl, live your life like it's your second time around. Maybe that's what this is. Honey. And what I did wrong put me 
Hey, come on. Well, no, I guess we've got a few more. She doesn't want to come back to me because she knows we're not at the spot where I have to put the leash back on. So that's a... Maybe Victor Frankel's right. I'm on my second life. And I was doing things somewhat right. But I was basing my whole life just on the run and not on the health portion of the run. I sure as hell didn't do any weight training or circuit training or... I didn't eat right. So... Now I get to live this... Live this life a second time. And I'll do it right this time. Oh, is that a bunny? My dog has not seen this bunny yet. Usually we're out here and the bunnies are out at night. And they, uh... They can easily avoid her at night. I don't know about day. She hasn't seen it yet. So... Well, this is Kevin Kilograms, and I'm out.